All right. Hey, y'all. It is grab your wallet time. Uh, we've been having fun doing this show. We love you guys for supporting us. Those of you that don't support us, patreon.com is where you go give us the money to get us to these people or beers to these people so we can interview them. And John's got some t-shirts. So that's on stealthisbeer.com slash merch. Check that out. Either way, thanks for playing along. Can't believe we get away with this every week, Monday at five. about beer over beer by a couple of guys that think about beer way too much. All right. Hey, y'all. It's five o'clock on Monday and we are stealing beer. I'm Augie Carton. Hi, Augie Carton. Hi, John Hall. Oh, John Hall, how did you make your audio sound so much nicer when we went live? Just it's, a second uh, ago, I felt like you were a little raspy. And now it's, you're a, like, it's, it's a voice dulcet. tonal change. Uh, I beforehand, you know, before showtime, I'll do one thing. But this is my radio voice. I like this is, it. This you is know? how I bring gravitas to your otherwise chaotic landscape. Yes. Maybe someday NPR will hear it. and You'll finally get your dream job. That is that is actually one of my bucket list goals. All I want to do at the end of one of the shows is just say this is NPR. Like that's just like it's just like a goal of mine in life to be able maybe, to say that over the airwaves one day. But that's maybe, not important, Kennedy, and none of this is important right now. Okay, I'm sorry. We we've got to follow John's Fridays. John, uh, Justin and Cass, thanks for joining us. Yep. Yo yo. Um, thieves, our accomplices du jour are Megan Preci and Alexis Deegan. Um, we've brought them out because a bunch of you wrote us and asked us to talk about what's going on in the the discussion of, I'll say, disenfranchised people in brewing, especially the female community. And as much as we're flattered that you guys wanted to hear us talk about this, it felt just stupid to have four white guys sit around and talk about what's going on with women in brewing. Yeah. So since my instinct for problems, especially problems I'd like to see solved is hacking them. And the best way to hack a problem is make sure you're definitely not the smartest guy in the room. I found the two smartest people I knew that could get on the show real quick and invited these guys to join us. So thank you both for coming. I will let you give your own histories. Hopefully it'll become self-evident why I thought you, you guys would be the best two people to come on. But uh, both of you have worked in brewing and solving problems for brewers for a long time. So talk about that to start, and then we'll get into what's going on right now. Uh, Alexis, you want to go first? I just realized I put a jump ball between the two of you. Yeah, sorry about that. <laughs> I, like it. I, like, I like going alphabetical because it, it, <laughs> it gives some structure. Just a little bit. <laughs> And my parents set me up for life for alphabetical order because Alexis Deegan, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm yeah. in the first quarter. Um, hi, guys. And also the first butt dial on everybody's phone. Audrey <laughs> Carton can tell you. It's true. <laughs> <laughs> unfortunately, like in the in the era of smartphones, the butt dial has kind of gone away, but I, I still get them from time to time. Anyway, hi, guys. Hi. Thank you. Thanks for thank coming. Thank you so much. so much. Yeah, thank you for having me. I'm I'm humbled actually to have um, been invited and to be part of that introduction. Um, I guess I do have a bit of history with beer, and especially in New Jersey, I was working for one of the legislators on the original 2012 law that brought beer. Um, opened the door for the kind of um, craft brewery culture that we see in New Jersey which was really exciting for me because I learned how to drink beer in Colorado, came back to Jersey and was like, where's all the beer? And then was like, oh, that's where it all is. <laughs> um, and then uh, from 2000, the end of 2018 until the end of 2020, I had the privilege of being the executive director of the New Jersey Brewers Association, which was, I will say, my dream job. So uh, yeah, that's, that's me and beer. <laughs> Thank you. And Meg, this one's gonna take a little longer. Yeah. Well, first, I just want to thank you guys for actually having this conversation because it's I'm, I'm just glad to hear that people are interested in, you know, in hearing this conversation. And, you know, thank you for actually 
you know, making it happen. So just, you know, and I'm really happy to be, be part of it. So, you know, I'm Megan Parisi and I am currently the head brewer of the Sam Adams downtown Boston tap room. Uh, we were fortunate enough to open in January, 2020, just before the pandemic. And I got yep. to be John there. <laughs> yeah, I was there on day one. Yes. Yeah. On day one, we had a great six weeks. <laughs> <laughs> you so good. know how that goes. So good. The promise we'll we'll get back there. We'll get back there. But I've been with Sam Adams for about six years now. And but before that, I have been brewing, you know, professionally since 2004. So I started um, mostly most of my time has been up here in Boston because Massachusetts, even though I'm a Philly girl born and bred, uh, Boston came up for college and kind of became home. Started brewing in, in Cambridge in 2004. Spent a little time in DC a couple years down there, but came back to, you know, came back to the Boston area and have just, you know, you know, been brewing here for a while, built out a couple breweries, you know, and I've seen a lot. I've known a lot of people. I've, I'm just making it, a, making the long intro short and trying to not do the huh. Irish, you know, my <laughs> Irish making a long story longer. <laughs> I, I could tell you this is a safe space for babbling if you feel the need. Um, I've created it such because I like to babble. So, Excellent. Allow me to ask you to a question. Um, so the thing about this is it's definitely an overwhelming thing. There's a lot going on. If you've been following um, the Instagram that, that led to all this, th there's, there's all kinds of craziness at every level. Um, but I think largely our audience, through some natural you know, selection over the last six years, are a bunch of people who want to be allies. Um, and I think when you see what's going on, if you're fair and honest, or at least if you're what I call fair and honest, you see two things going on. One, you see some, some people being called out for behaviors and you're like, I never saw that. I thought that was a good person. This is shocking me. And then you look at yourself and say, well, I've always considered myself a good person. And maybe I've created situations that made people uncomfortable, even if it's completely unknowingly. So if you're somebody who wants to be an ally and wants all people to be included in a conversation and at least have the comfort to have themselves ruled out because they shouldn't be there, not for something that they're not responsible for, you go, fuck, I hope this isn't me. And since each of you in your different roles throughout forever can only, you know, have to have the female perspective, but have also had helping all types of brewers in different situations and all this, I was hoping that for our audience, the conversation you guys can lead us through from experience and anecdotal experience is where people that think they're doing it right, or at least are trying to do it right, are still getting it wrong. Because if you don't see those situations, you run the risk of encouraging further down the line, more ridiculous behavior. You know what I mean? Where, where I think our audience, where I think myself, I don't want to speak for John, Cass, and Justin, but I think they're all guys that try to be their best in every situation, where, where people like us still get it wrong and still create uncomfortable situations. Is that a fair question to ask of you guys? And if not, tell me to buzz off. I think it's a very fair question. and. But I would also just say that it's not a question that's just geared towards guys. I think it's something that's geared towards towards everyone. Because one of the things that I've really had to, you know, thought about these past 10 days since Brienne first posted her question was really, you know, you've got to stop and think. I've stopped try to stop and think myself and ask myself, what have I done? done or what have I not done that has helped perpetuate situations and environments that are that are harmful and that can be something as simple as like what have I what have I laughed off what jokes have I laughed at what have I said to just you know to be one of the guys or to just keep things even and cool and not ruffle any feathers the, this it's the little things like that that actually really just let the status quo go on. And if you're not willing to ask yourself, you know, those questions, it's not, not everything is about, you know, a, a major behavior or misbehavior or actions, but it's the, it's 
the, the little actions and the little inactions that are probably, probably in some ways the most, the most effective and most insidious about what, what's going on. And as long if you're willing to ask yourself that question, then you actually have a chance of being, you know, being an ally, being a successful ally. Mm. Alexis, you're muted, by the way. Can you unmute yourself? Okay. Um, yeah. Sorry. It's, yes, I'm sorry. Okay, good. Oh, good. No, I've been like agreeing. To... I've been sitting here like saying yes. I'm like, yeah. I'm like, I'm really like, oh, crap. Um, no, and I wanted We're to say, like, Megan, I'm, yeah, you can hear me now? Yep. Yes. Okay, great. Um, I, I first wanted to say, Megan, I'm, I'm really glad that you launched with that because um, it's really important for women to acknowledge how we have helped contribute, not overtly, because how we have helped contribute to the problem is indicative of the problem, right? Mm -hmm. You know, women have had to have made the decision to adapt and fit in. Um, and, and it's not just the beer industry, right? It's everywhere. It's, oh, it's yeah. society in general. It's, I mean, I've, I've worked in retail. I've worked in government. I've worked in politics. I've, my mother is in education. I have women in my family who have worked in all sorts of industries. You know, something someone said to me is, well, it's not all men. And I said, yeah, but it's all women and it's all yeah. industries, you know? And, and so this is part of being a woman is part of being a woman in now today's society is making those compromises with your womanhood and with your allyship that allow you to be in the halls of power and in some ways that sometimes not that sometimes means not being an ally and so we do have to reflect as women as men as as everyone what are ways that I have failed another person and what are ways I can be better? And I think that something that is universal when we talk about making sure that doors are open for everyone, because this conversation is about women today, but it's not just about women. It's about minorities. It's about um, people of other genders, people of other sexualities, people who are not middle-class white men, right? Let's mm -hmm. be honest. Yeah. Um, one of the best ways to be an ally to diversity anywhere is to, at very first, accept that you're not perfect. You've probably fucked up. And admitting that you have fucked up does not mean you have to shut down. It's not a negative. And I think that, that like people don't want to admit ways they have failed others and it, it, it that is i think in so many ways the barrier the first barrier to change no one wants to be called a racist a misogynist a sexist anything no one wants to be in that in that category and their avoidance of being labeled in that category stops them from taking the time to make the changes in their lives and their hearts and everything to make that change and i think that's the first thing, right? So that's a yeah. long, all, all this to say, first step is self-accountability and knowing that self-accountability isn't a bad thing. It, it, it makes things better for everybody, yourself included. I, yeah, it's, yeah. so, so Alex, I'm actually going to ask you to mute yourself one more time. Your, um, your audio your, is your a little audio scratchy. Is oh, I'm so sorry. Ooh. No, it's okay. It's okay. And we're hearing you when you talk, but when you stop talking, yeah. it's just the static. So if you I don't, don't know mind, if it's a headset I think that'll, or something, yeah, I think that'll help yeah. make room. Uh, but I, I did love what you said. And that's actually a thing. So I don't have a perspective that isn't a white guy with some privilege. So I won't try to talk around that. But one of the things Alexis just said that that really strikes me is, like I said, so not that it matters to this conversation, but I, you know, I spent 12 years in the movie business. So when Me Too started, that also hit right in my fields. You know what I mean? That all because I was a production assistant. I worked in that Miramax building that everybody with those stories that started that went through every day. So that was another time I took that introspection. And that time around, 
having left that business, I was like, it's definitely true. It was definitely all of us. And, you know, I appreciate the both of you said, and in some cases it was, you know, it wasn't just men on women. It was aggressive women on less aggressive. It's, you know what I mean? So it was a big problem this time around when it happened, because I, I really do want this to be a better part of the world. Like Alexa said, it, it exists everywhere, but, but I think in craft brewing, we all came because we have this dream for just having a chill way of getting things done. But there's this horrible fear of getting introspective, sending out apologies and getting branded the problem that needs to be thought around, right? So when this, when this one first broke, I sent a text to a, a former employee of ours who was there at the beginning when everything was a little more chaotic. And I definitely wish things had been smoother at the opening. And I just said to her, look, if I or we owe you an apology, I want to make sure you have it. Let me know what you think. And she and I started a dialogue and we talked about shit that was uncomfortable. But me too, three years ago when it happened, I was terrified to send that same text and thought about it. So have we made movement as a society that I'm now a little more comfortable to enter that dialogue? Is it because it's brewing specific? What are you, what are you guys seeing as this is getting handled that you think is good and what is getting handled really fucking poorly? What's, how are some people getting it right? How are some people getting it wrong? Is that a fair question? I think Meg, you should start because you're not muted. Tough one. Yeah, I'm gonna say that. <laughs> I know, but, but I, think I think it's, it's what matters, right? Because, yeah. But if you know, we're not are, finding the better paths, what are right. we doing? So, so tell us what, and it's just for yourself. I'm not asking you to answer for women or brewers or pink boots or anything. Just for yourself, what are you seeing that you're like, this shows promise? And what are you seeing that's like, are you fucking kidding me? That's your reaction. What what shows promise is to me is people and organizations, you know, acknowledging first, you know, acknowledging and validating that there's a problem, there's a serious problem, and we've probably been part of it, intent, you know, intentions notwithstanding, whether we, you know, whether it's, you know, we've tried to perpetuate it or, you know, or not, you know, in, you know, just realizing that, yeah, we've probably been part of the problem because everyone has been part of the problem, but also not asking not asking other people how to be allies. What are we supposed to do? Tell me how to be an ally. You know, I, you got to do the work. You, you got to do the work yourself and figure that out. Fair figure enough. out how to be an ally. How to? Because a lot of times it people makes us do one, the work. Right. It makes it's putting it on women to answer. You know our questions, which is it's it's not fair. Yeah. Like, how yeah. about this? Don't be a dick. <laughs> I like, I like to be fair, since I am a dick and I'm always a dick, I'd prefer we went with don't be a creep, right? Because all okay, is enough. always a dick, you know, like I, no matter who I'm talking to, whether it's, I, I mean, all of our friends. And when you're say, talking oh, about yourself in the third person, but yeah, yeah but I mean, but just, I'm, yeah, thanks. But John. having that, but, but having that, but you know what I mean? I, can we just stick with don't be a creep? <laughs> don't, don't be a creep. And yeah. here would be the one piece of advice I would Please. actually give. And this just came, you know, came out of, you know, a conversation I was having with, uh, with another colleague recently in the same, you know, same range, the same vein of just everything and, you know, what to do. And I think the, the best action anyone can take this would be to do the right thing, even when it doesn't serve your benefit or advantage, when you're faced with, you know, a decision or a situation that is uncomfortable, but you know that there's a right, you can, but you know, there's a right thing to do. And that right thing could be hard to do and it could be disadvantageous to you. Yep. Do the right thing. Right. And I think that's part of it, right? Is, is, is my microphone okay? Yes. Oh, you're great better. now. Thank yeah. You. You're great now. Whatever yeah, you did. I, well solved. I took off the, the headphones I bought for this thing, this exact thing. And I was like, <laughs> <laughs> Did you save the receipt? Phone. I hope you saved the receipt. That's, yeah. Yeah. You, want, you, want, yeah, you want that? For, you want to return that? Yeah, you want me yeah, to tell right. my Amazon that you need them? That you need an exchange because it listens every time I say your name. 
<laughs> yeah, I am so sorry for everyone listening whose who's Amazon uh, do- devices are just like going crazy. <laughs> no, I cannot be an ally for you. Can I buy you this? Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, sort of an ally bank account for you. Um, yeah. You know, something that I've been telling a lot of my guy friends who have been reaching out and who have been saying, well, I guess I just, I guess I just thought not the beer industry. And I was like, cool. <laughs> I'm sorry, was that the out loud voice? I should be on. <laughs> I mean, and this is like, listen, I just want all men everywhere <laughs> to, yeah. to listen to Steel of Spear and to hear these words. <laughs> it's you. <laughs> it's not you necessarily but it is your industry it's everywhere i mean it just and and like that's the thing like the, the, the honestly the most basic thing that anyone can do is you know automatically believe a victim because the the pain of coming forward and the risk of coming forward so far outweighs the benefit of coming forward, then unless a person has just some crazy personal vendetta, which by the way, always comes out if that's the case, um, chances are the person who is saying, my boss did this, or my coworker did this, and my boss didn't do this. You know, they're, they're, the, the cost benefit analysis, because we see it, we see it come forward, doesn't come in favor of the victim ever. So like really, literally the best thing an ally can do is the minute someone says this happened, just go, cool, yeah, I believe you. And make it a safe space for that person to tell you that. Because again, like I said, like it's, it's, it's so much worse for the person coming forward than for the person they're coming forward about, always. Look at what Brienne has to deal with. And I have to give her huh. so much credit. So much credit because like, you know, she could have at so many points in this just said, "Uh, this is not what I was thinking. This is not what I signed up for. I just was asking a question and just like been done with it. And especially, especially think about this when people started naming names, which by the way, if you're, if you're a woman in this industry, you know that this has been going on everywhere all the time you know, the minute she started naming names, she could have made this cost benefit analysis that a lot of us do with like, I don't want to harm the myself. I don't want to harm my boss who I love because it sounds like she has a great relationship with her, you know, with Notch. I don't want to hurt the brand that I feel so strongly positively about. And she could have just left it a private conversation, but she kind of like threw herself on a grenade here. And, you know, thankfully she's in a space where her, her boss and her brand and her people are supportive, but like, my God, like she has, you know, done such, such a service and really at great personal risk and personal detriment to herself. And, and I think that everyone should look at that and, and look at how important what she's doing is and what the people who are willing to speak out and to finally break this cycle are doing. And that's it. And just, just respect that. And yeah, maybe it makes you feel some kind of ways about your life, but everything <laughs> should. <laughs> yeah, yes. well, well stated. <laughs> there, <laughs> there's an interesting thing, though, that Megan said early on about, you know, names coming up and being surprised, you know, people that you, you know, people that you know, uh, or, or names that are familiar and, and you know, for, for me, I've, I've been getting asked a lot of questions, you know, in covering the industry of like, you know, did you know this was going on? And every once in a while, you know, somebody would say something or, you know, you'd look into it. Um, but the conversations that it, it, it's turning out that, that women were having amongst themselves uh, in the brewing industry um, were just happening in rooms where, you know, we weren't. And I'm so glad that they're out there you know, now. And I think that there's a lot of, you know, folks in the journalism space, you know, who cover beer saying, you know, like, well, how come we weren't on this earlier? And it, it's sort of similar to what happened with Black Lives Matter um, last summer, uh, when, when, when that conversation uh, really started ramping up, um, it was happening. Uh, it's just, right. you know, reporters weren't in the room, you know, where that was happening. And uh, that it's out there now and that, you know, names are coming forward. And it's, you know, like Megan says, you know, you sort of go back and you say like, you know, did I, did I laugh something off at some point or did I not fully, you know, or I'm saying this for myself now, did I not fully realize, you know, what was happening? Um, 
especially with some of the names and the people who have now admitted uh, on social media or in other places, you know, that they were indeed in the wrong uh, after after they were named. Um, there's a lot of soul searching that's going on. But the the, the thing that I, I I am really curious about though is the the customers as well and the beer drinkers because a lot of the stories that are coming out are of people who are coming into a bar. Uh, with the intention of paying money for beer uh, and then acting in really reprehensible ways and seemingly getting away with it. Um, and so it's not just the beer industry, but it's you know, the beer customer as well. That, that is part of this problem and part of this conversation. Yes. <laughs> just Yes. <laughs> as far as the, yeah, as far as the beer customer, why do they, 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 have been you know, allowed to get away with it also uh, because it's money. Yeah. I mean, that's just, you know, it's plain and simple. What is it? It's business. It's money. And, and again, if the, probably in a lot of times the behavior is not necessarily seen, you know, perceived as it's not going to be perceived the same way by, you know, a man as it is, as it is by a woman, because the type of threat that can be posed you know, to, you know, to a woman who's, you know, who, who's a bartender, who is, you know, who is, you know, have to, having to deal with that, that frontline engagement. It's, it, it's a different, you're getting a different dynamic and, right. you know, it's not, it's not going to be the same kind of, of, of uh, threat perception as for, for, you know, to, to, to a guy, but that it comes down to if someone's willing to get, just say we need, you know, this is business. This is business. Suck it up, Buttercup. And you know, this is just part of what you signed up for in this role. Right. But we need the business. Or if someone is willing to actually do the right thing and say, this is, we don't need this business. That's not the business that we want. Right. We want to protect our people, and that brings us better people and better business. Right. And I think, you know, you have that right again, the cost benefit analysis, right? The, the old guy who comes in and says, oh, you're, you got a pretty face or calls you sweetie or like wants to make a comment about how you look. Right. You know, oh, do I elevate this to like, you know, kick this guy out. Right. But then you think about, you know, that guy and then the next person and then the next person and then poor women are having to deal with just like this constant barrage of you know, feeling like, okay, I'm going to go into work. I'm going to spend eight hours, someone commenting on my looks every half hour, 10 minutes, whatever. And it just adds up, it adds up. And, you know, and then like you have accounts, right? You go to accounts and they, you know, you know, if you're a, a woman who's a, 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 you know, on the road salesperson, you don't want to like burn that relationship to the ground. But at the same time, you know, you, I talk to women who are afraid to go to certain places or just like dreading it. And, and, but they don't want to mess up their, their boss's relationship with things and you know ugh, it's it just compounds and compounds and then women leave they just leave the industry and we don't want that yeah there's no doubt about that it's um the good it's i don't know you, you see it like you see it everywhere you go right and, mm -hmm. and it's like so so at our spot the rule is if anybody makes you uncomfortable just kick them out if you can't kick them out get me and i'll kick them out and there's a whole bunch of accounts in jersey we just won't do business with because they made somebody feel uncomfortable for us and we've always had that yet again as i've been having these discussions in in light of this current round you know i, mean, I was like it, they, i think you got to do a spot check how do you feel there are, you know what I mean? We, we've always had the rule from day one. This has never been a thing that like if, a if, a, if an account makes you uncomfortable, shut that account down. And if a person in the taste room makes you uncomfortable, kick them out. And I think what I'm hearing from my people that I think Alexis just touched on is no matter how gentle and not, you know, and whatever comfortable the, the guy in this situation is, it can still be cumulative. Right. Like I'm talking to the people that are currently in our taste room, like, yeah, maybe he's not a problem. But there are Fridays when 73 of them come through that I'd like to burn the whole fucking place down. And trying to, you know, trying to form a plan around that is the hard part. Right. Cause, and it's not every Friday. 
and it's whatever. But, you know, as I get this feedback, I'm like, well, kick them out. Like, Augie, there's nights where it's every single person that walks in. The you just kicked room. out the entire tasting room. No one's coming in. Sorry. You know what I mean? but, the, but they tell Sorry me, like, there's, nothing, there's nothing worse than that bus of bachelor party guys who show up. I'm like, well, kick uh, them the fuck right out. Nobody, we never wanted them. Yeah, we know but, how that's going to go. Yeah. But, but, yeah. But, you know, but you know what I mean? And then, and then you come around to, no, it's just some guy comes in and just says, you know, like what whatever Alexis just said, like, hey, you've got a pretty face. And then you hear it from the next 15 guys. And right. you know oh, what I mean? Say, and, they say that other bartender's the hot one, but 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 baby, it's you. Okay, cool. Now we're, <laughs> now we're pitting women against each other. Right. Just, just so you know, the hard part for me when I hear that, and part of this realization <laughs> at the moment is that these things are really set. Yeah. Like when oh, you yeah. say yeah. something like that. I think you're being hilarious because nobody would ever really say that. Right. And then you find but out that do. not only do they say it, they say it every fucking Friday night. And you're like, oh, ah, yeah. how can <laughs> I solve stupid? No, you can't. No, yeah. I mean, <laughs> and again, part of it is, listen, the part of, again, that, 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 that like analysis is like we as women go through the world all of the time, right? It's constant. Right. I mean, like, I'm not, I'm 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 very attractive. <laughs> but like <laughs> so hot. I'm, I'm so hot. No, but like I mean, every single woman deals with this everywhere. So I don't want like everyone to think, oh my God, it's just like now I don't want you to think that it's just beer, right? Like, oh, it's not beer. No, it is. It's not just just beer. Like every like look at the person, look at the woman to your right, look at the woman to your left. Chances are at some point in the day or at least the week someone has said something to her to make her feel unsafe or gross or just like question you know am i the whole one you know like, like, <laughs> <laughs> okay, totally. i mean and I, i've been having this conversation with april um uh, for the last week or so and she's been following the stories and you know I've, I've been asking her just her impression and she's like yeah this is this is just like how it's been going and the fact that you know like people are now paying attention or, you know, men are now paying attention or, or, you know, shocked by this. She's saying like, yeah, this is like me and my friends, like we, we've been going through this like our whole lives. And, you know, she's been really sort of driving home that, you know, Hannah is now four. Um, and, you know, what can I be doing and what can, you know, you know, anybody that I encounter be doing um, to make sure that like, she doesn't have to go through that when she's older. Um, and, you know, but it's it's these fascinating things like where, yeah, I can't believe people say things like that, but they are. And it's just bonkers to me. So, you know, to your point with that, too, this is you know, it's, it's not just this industry. I mean, this is where you know, we're having it. We're having this discussion because because uh, we're coming. We're having this bit of a reckoning, shall we say, uh, <laughs> you know, in, in, in the beer industry right now. But when you hear that 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 cumulative effect you say like you, you've heard it you know you know 15 times today why were there 15 guys who thought that that was you know, appropriate to say the same maybe slightly relative you know, all yeah. things considered seemingly innocuous thing that's the that it goes back to the, the only way to really deal with the issue ultimately okay we can we can try to fix certain things but we have to fix how we how we teach men to treat women just mm. even to, you know, to to perceive us that that's what, so that we don't get looked at you know like we don't get looked at when we're in a you know a, for me okay, as a brewer dealing on you know contractor you know situations like what but the people know what wouldn't just look at me and, and by a woman seeing assume that i'm not in charge that i'm not the boss that my six foot four co-op who's 22 would be the one to address just because he's got a beard Right. And it's like uh, teaching, yeah. teaching that from early on is, you know, where, where it's going to come from. But there's still so many people that, that if they already don't think it's a problem, they're not going to be teaching better. So how do we got to get through that? It's not, it's not okay can, <laughs> right. to be a creep. Can, right. No doubt. And, it's and having, having stood in, next with you next to your boss at a bar nobody doubted in that situation you were in charge so right I, I i'm surprised that somebody gets that wrong with you 
Now, oh, I, the problem is, the oh, problem is having, I know, I know, that's what I'm saying. A lot of this is just me being shocked how stupid some people are. But having, so having worked both in the movie industry and Wall Street, what my hope here is, and why I thought this conversation with you guys would be potentially good for the people is there are messages here that somebody who thinks they're an ally can learn and take out to be more of an ally, which is don't make that what you say. Don't make, hey, you look great today, what you say. Make something more productive and interesting your dialogue with the person serving you. Right. Um, but my hope is for beer because I really do believe there's hope here. If this exact thing was going on on Wall Street, I would throw my hands up and burn the place down. In the movie business, I was like, if you're going to fix this, you're going to fire everybody over 40 in the movie business. And it turns out a lot of that was done. But in brewing, I think there's hope because we have teams. And what I'm going to do now to keep us on, um, on whatever is, is plagiarism, Jen Kimmick wrote a closing mm -hmm. statement that I really liked as what, you know, as I think is a way to lead conversation for what we can do, need to do, and should do. And I'm not saying it's all encompassing, but but I don't think it benefits those of us that care about brewing to try to solve the world's problems. What she said, closing out her statement on this was talking about sexism, harassment, and misogynists, BS that pervades this industry is essential, but it's not enough. We need to change the way we, we perceive and support women at work. Strong workplace policies that support working families are good for everyone and they are critical if we are serious about gender equity i also know that as a woman we need to support each other more to help alleviate some of the stresses we all endure we need to talk about our our day-to-day -day challenges with each other we need to listen to each other and as the ceo of a brewery i know it is critical to talk honestly about the bad effects of alcohol especially as they affect women women's safety and women's opportunities and we need men to listen, learn, talk with us, and understand our experiences. We have lots of questions, lots of ideas, and a lot of work to do together. So to the thieves listening, I would bend the discussion that, especially if you've had a couple drinks, right? It's like that old Facebook rule. If you wouldn't say it in someone's living room, don't say it on Facebook. If you wouldn't say this when you first met this person, don't say it now that you're comfortable with them three drinks in. You know what I mean? And, and, and again, yeah. invent a new dialogue that you're comfortable with, right? There's something you say to a guy bartender that isn't about how they look. Say that to the right. female bartender in that situation. And ladies, now I give it back to you. I just, I wanted to work that in because I thought it was so concise, purposeful, and hopeful that it needed to go in here somewhere. Mm. So I throw it in, excuse me. Anyway, no, go on. That was, I'm glad you brought that up too, because actually Jen's statement as well was one of the statements I felt that really, that did get, you asked me earlier, what, who's gotten it yeah. right and who's gotten it wrong. That was one that got it right. That, that just, you know, it, it, it at least comes across, it comes across with, you know, you know, depth, experience, sincerity, like not having all the answers, but, but addressing, addressing real issues of, of substance. Now that was, that was one, uh, she, I mean, she's a top-notch person. So not that was not yeah. a surprise, but and she, she makes one of the greatest right. beers in the world. So the two oh, go hand go. in hand. <laughs> <laughs> doesn't hurt. Definitely yeah. helps. It's nice yeah. when the smart ones also make fantastic beer. <laughs> you know, it's nice for men too when the smart ones make good beer too. <laughs> thank you, mm -hmm. thank you. I know you're talking directly to me because Hall's never made a beer, so I'm just going to take that <laughs> and run away. Never, I mean, I made a beer and it was good. I mean, I didn't actually make it. I just <laughs> there when it happened. <laughs> anyway, so let's let's talk about avenues for people like me because so we we joined in the Black is Beautiful program last summer, very enthusiastically, very hopefully, and we put on our can that we were looking for anybody who was disenfranchised by the free, um, uh internship model of breaking into brewing and that if you if you if you'd been disenfranchised by that before as a female as you know we weren't looking directly to specifically black people we were looking to anybody who's been 
not been, you know, working parent, mom, anybody of any reason that has never been able to give half their year away for free to get into the brewing business. And we had two people apply for the job, one of which was the whitest kid I'd ever seen. We hired the other guy and he never showed up. So what are the avenues for people that want to make positive change and want to make a good creative safe space for females and disenfranchised members of society to find their way into brewing? Both of you have worked on this. How do I find those people when I'm putting up help wanted ads? You know what I mean? What are the resources that can help me find these people? Because pretty much, guys, when I look for anybody, I say it'd be great if it wasn't a white guy with a red beard. And the only applications we get are from white guys with red beards. Where should I be looking? How should I be doing that part of it better? Well, I mean, you certainly can go to, you know, you know seek out the organization. Seek out, you know, the professional organizations. Of, you know, of course, you know, you know, Pink Boots Society being, you know, being, uh, you know, the mo- the most prominent, you know, organization, professional organization for women in the fermented beverage industry. But you know, also we've got to think of. I, you know, I'm actually I'm working on this question and problem myself, thinking about how you know we have the same we have the same issue at, at Sam Adams, and thinking about you know recruiting, you know, brewers. How do we recruit? Where do, where do we go? Where do we find people? And you have to, we have to really think outside the box. We have to think outside of the traditional, the traditional places that we're going to look. And maybe we have to, I don't not like, I'm not saying like lower our standards for experience, but maybe change the standard of expectation for experience because people can't get that break in if they don't have the experience and they can't get that experience if no one will give them a break. Yeah. <laughs> it is a cycle, so, yeah, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's, 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 it's a re- it is a real challenge. So yeah. I don't have an answer. <laughs> and like, you know, listen, uh, cause I, I read headlines and, you know, like skim through articles is, is, am I right that Sam Adams is doing this thing for 50 women in mothers and brewing? Was that a thing that I just yes. read? Yes. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, what is that? <laughs> I, I'm yeah. not aware of this. <laughs> I'm not aware of this. Tell me this story, please. Cause I, <laughs> I need something hopeful. So our, you know, one of the, I mean, honestly, best kept secrets, uh, uh, <laughs> Sam Adams is the Brewing the American Dream program. And it's, it's a program that Jim Cook started 11 years ago or so that, yeah. you know, you know, helps give business coaching and access to, you know, to, to loans and, you know, loans and coaching for, you know, for entrepreneurs in the food and beverage industry. Every year, we also do a, an experience ship, uh, which is, you know, for, for you know, one, one brewer will win the experience ship, which is, they have will will brew a beer, you know, with and for them. Release that, and they get a whole year's worth of of you know coaching and you know, through every aspect of the business, from you know from technical brewing to financial management, operations, supply chain, everything along the line. And Jim did that because you know he recognized back in his early days. Yeah, I mean he couldn't get a loan to start the business. He still you know came from a an an existence of greater privilege where he could. Uh, he could raise the capital, but he couldn't get a bank to actually give him a loan. So that's uh, that is a real hindrance for a lot of people. So what uh, what we're doing now is started a, a branch off that program. It's actually I've only learned about it recently too, so I'm I don't have all the details on it. But where the recipients are going to be, I think one in every state, 50, you know, women working mothers to really you know really you know seek out these businesses to give them, you know, help them get the opportunities that they might not have, you know, access to for, you know, for capital and coaching because of the, the added challenges of, you know, not just being, not just being, you know, a woman in the industry, but having a, you know, having a family right. that is, there's a lot of time it falls on, it falls disproportionately on, you know, on women to raise the family, but we're also business people. We're also entrepreneurs and it's an amazing, I think it's, it's a really terrific and positive, you know, positive development and opportunity. (laughs) And acknowledge, and and, and that's amazing. I read that. I was like blown away and I was like, so like excited and nervous to be on this uh, podcast with you, Megan. I I, 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 like screenshotted the email and I sent it to, I sent it to the gorgeous ladies of brewing, which is a side, you know, group that I have. And I was just like, no pressure or anything. (laughs) 
one of the things, you know, that like has been important to me and I think, you know, kind of speaks to this and it speaks to diversity at all levels is acknowledging that cycle um, that barrier of entry, right, for that, that those those societal things that keep, you know, white men in, you know, as the ones coming into the brewing world. And as someone myself who has never brewed a beer or been interested in brewing a beer, but who sees women's can prints at every aspect of brewing um, and seeing those handprints of other aspects of brewing being marginalized or, you know, not elevated to the level of brewing um, is part of, I think, what is keeping people from that, you know, your, your tasting room staff, your marketing staff, your design staff, you know, where places where you see an abundance of women while everyone is paying attention to the juicy double IPA that blows your mind away, you know, that discounts the contributions, right? Of like, you know, you can brew that juicy double IPA all you want, but without someone to market it, without someone to sell it, without someone to pour it, without someone to create a, a space in your tasting room that your customers enjoy, a lot of which is done by the labor of women, you know, across the industry, you're just kind of a home brewer with a really expensive ha habit. And again, mm -hmm. a habit that because of the, you know, barriers to entry to people of minority or to women, especially mothers, you know, who can't afford that kind of an expensive habit. You know, you're kind of putting a barrier to someone feeling their worth in the industry. So, I mean, in some ways, it's just a matter of saying, you know, our, our, our tasting room staff, our design staff, et cetera, et cetera, is as important as our brew staff. And maybe, you know, fostering in them that like feeling of wanting to learn how to brew. Like, you know, it is tough because where are the resources to, to make, to have that, to have that pipeline, right? Like Megan said, like lowering, right. not, not lowering the barriers, but just like rethinking where these people could be coming from and how to foster yeah. bringing them into your brewery and then how to foster things, making them feel empowered to be there. Uh, I, that's that yeah that's exactly exactly right so and i don't think we're going to do a letter today obviously we didn't even do any drinking for those of you that love when john and i drink we'll do that again <laughs> soon but today maybe we we did we didn't have the opportunity we didn't have the opportunity to get beers to these guys because we put this together kind of on the fly while everybody's been super busy and it felt weird to have the two guys drinking while the two ladies weren't in an equity and brewing thing so i decided to just leave it um i'm gonna go first for closing statements because i want you guys to close it down we don't need to talk about patreon or any of that this time Cass. so i'll just say look we do have that carton has that if you want this job we will pay you 15 bucks an hour for six months on a program that rotates you through brewing through marketing through tasting through packaging and through sales and we'd love to do that for you. And even if you don't work out with us, you'll have six months experience on your resume that hopefully somebody else is attracted by. Trust me, my brewers get hired away every day. So it's definitely <laughs> a resume builder. Um, and we really do want, we, I just want the whole world to be more comfortable, right? I see the whole world as a conversation. If any of your behaviors are cutting people out of that conversation, you're screwing up how good things could be. So be self-aware. Know if you're marginalizing somebody in a discussion and do your best not to do it. And trust me, I say this as a guy who fucks that up every day. So that's it. Now, uh, you, you two toss a coin. John, you want to toss the coin, see who goes first, and we'll let this let this show. I, I, I think for fairness, since we started in Jersey uh, this time, we should start off in, in Massachusetts. the greater Massachusetts area in the Commonwealth. All right, so Jersey gets the last word then. That's right. That's how it goes. You're in our house now. Hey, hey, Megan, I mean, you are from Philly. I, I, there is, you know, a bit of a bias. You're in our house now. Yeah. No, I mean, I'm just trying to defend the Delaware. That's all. I'm just defending the Delaware. Before we start, John, do you know what George Washington said right before everybody got the boat to no. attack? Uh, get in the boat. Anyway, oh. <laughs> sorry, everybody. <laughs> oh, we should have been All drinking right. for that one. That's right. We'll start right. now. 
I was safe. Anyway, okay. go on. Please <laughs> and thank you. <laughs> okay. So, I mean, the, you know, I guess part of my just parting thoughts again is keeping an, you know, keeping an open mind to, like, we kind of want to go back to what I started with, keeping an open mind for, you know, for introspection while you, you know, don't look at the problem as being just being outside yourself. Look at, look at yourself, be willing to look, be willing to look at yourself, be willing to have someone else tell you. If, some, if someone else tells you that something you've done is part of the problem, don't react in, you know, defensively. Realize that that doesn't necessarily, that doesn't necessarily define you as a bad person, not an ally. Yeah, it's an opportunity. Look at that as an opportunity to recognize, grow, and, and do better. You know, just we, we're all going to, we're all going to have things that, at which we can do better in this, in not in the, just in this discussion, but in this just ev evolution of, of, you know, equity, of just equity and making a better world. We're all going to, we're all going to get it wrong, but be open to, be open to recognizing and acknowledging that and trying to get it right the next time. Yeah. Love that. Thank you. All right. Anything now make us look better than that, Alexis. <laughs> ah, no pressure. <laughs> no, no pressure at all. No. Um, yeah. I mean, I just to, to echo that, you know, um, in some ways, acknowledging that you, you've fucked up and that you're willing to change is one of the greatest acts of love, you know, just in general. So do that and know that I'm doing it like in my you. So, so if you're like self-conscious about doing it for yourself, know that I'm doing it. I'm looking at how I could have been a better ally as the leader of the NJBA, how I can do it better every single day for women, for minorities, for men who want to be better. And if anyone wants to talk about it, if ever anyone wants to like, you know, you know, throw some ideas around. I'm, I'm around. I, I, you know, I got, I got no, I think I got plenty of time. So, you know, I just think in general, we're all in this together. We are all in this together. If you're willing to acknowledge that there's a problem and that you want to see it change, because at the end of the day, things are only made better when you have more voices, um, you know, and, and I'm willing to, to do any kind of work that anyone needs to to, to get that done so that's all i didn't do better but you know you you nailed it you, nailed yeah, it. you did plenty uh, great thank you both thank you both so much thank you um thieves out there of all types although we know our demographic uh you heard them go do that and get at us guys thank you <laughs> <laughs>